Welcome to Photoactive, a podcast about photography and technology. I'm Kirk McElhern. And I'm Jeff Carlson. So, Kirk, way back when, we were recording, I think, our second podcast. And I got to admit, it was not coming to me naturally. I was making a whole bunch of errors. And I just, I felt bad because, you know editing it was going to be a real chore. And you said, it's okay. Once you do a hundred of these, you'll be better. (laughs) Well, guess what? (laughs) Here we are, episode episode 100. 100. And hopefully I'm better. You know what's funny? One of my other podcasts this week, we just recorded episode number 200. Wow. Yeah, and... So that's the Intego Mac podcast that I've been doing for four years. Um, the next track that I record with my friend Doug Adams, we're up to 216. So mm-hmm. a few of these podcasts are getting on. Um, uh, uh, this is getting pretty long. It's been three years, more than three years for us. Yeah. Well, and I have to say, so also a big shout out to Doug, who was editing our early episodes, and he had to deal with me stopping and starting and... I still have way too many okays and ums and all of that, but I just chalk that up to natural conversation. We'll just say that. Yeah. But it amazes me in a way that we're at 100. And I'm just going to sort of, you know, puff out my feathers and, and, and brag for a second because there are so many podcasts that I run into that look really interesting. And then I realize there are eight you know, yep. and then they stopped. And so uh, it's only about 9.30 a.m. here now, so I don't really feel it's appropriate for me to break open a hard cider in celebration. But I've got some coffee. You can have a cider. It's because cider you're... o'clock here. I've got it... a dry organic Dunkerton cider, which is delicious. So here's right. to it. Cheers. I'll drink some more coffee because I'm barely awake. It, it is true. And in the beginning... See, I've been doing podcasts for years, originally as guests and then hosting podcasts. And it's like any skill. You develop the skill over time. And and I think the way we do it actually gives us a a sort of a a safety net because we're not doing it live. When you're a guest on someone else's podcast, you don't want to fumble because you don't want to sound not good. But we edit. So we may have just cut out three minutes of fumbling and the audience doesn't even know about it. We just, I mean, there are just little bits, there are ums and ahs and and mumbling just strewn across the floor in my office every time I edit. Yes, yes, totally. And I will say I have a huge amount of respect for people who do podcasts live. And I've I've been on podcasts that are live and, and I do find myself having to really concentrate and make sure that I'm more interesting and not hitting all my verbal tics. And so uh, just a a huge amount of respect for people who know how to do this well. I can definitely say that I am better, but you and I both edit these. And we know that there are some times (laughs) when things just go sideways. Yeah. So, and quite honestly, I want to thank everybody who's listening for sticking with us. If you've been with us till the beginning. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to leave that in when I edit. I think we're going to have to leave that in. Yeah. I want to thank everybody who has been with us since the beginning yeah. uh, and 
who are new, uh, see, this is yeah. podcasting. Oh, look, now we're a live podcast. <laughs> you know what? I think this one's going to be easy to edit because I'm not going to cut anything so people can hear how the sausage is made. And then everybody will just unsubscribe. Yeah. It'll no, be I won't do that. I'll just leave that one bit in, though, because it's, it's very timely. <laughs> Uh, so so we've been looking back at the 100 episodes, and we wanted to just talk about what we enjoyed about the podcast, what was the most interesting. Worth pointing out that we tried for a while, for what, about 25 episodes to do it every week, and that was just too much. Yeah. Because because I have other commitments of podcasts. And I mean, I've recorded six episodes this week because I'm taking next week off. So I've had to double up on things and do things in advance to not have anything to do next week. Sometimes we've had to do two in a week, which we've done this week. And mm-hmm. other times you go away, I take time off or whatever. Um, it's a lot of work. It's quite enjoyable. And if we're still doing it, it's because we enjoyed it. I never realized how draining a podcast can be just in the in, in the sense of, of, of performance. I mean, I'm I'm kind of performing – and I'm like, oh, you know what? Uh, Kirk and I were gonna gonna record in the morning. It'll probably take us maybe an hour, hour and a half after we've had our you know surrounding discussions and talk about the episode and things like that. And then I'm done, and I'm just kind of wiped for about thirty or forty minutes because uh, it's it's a lot of work. It's yeah, it, it, it takes focus and I- wait, focus. I. I I'm a writer. I can't do focus. <laughs> <laughs> and and for me, it's the end of the day. So you're in Seattle and I'm in the UK and that's an eight-hour time difference. So it's mm-hmm. currently 5, 5.40 p.m. for me. For me, it's even more fatiguing. I'll often go and lie down for half an hour after we've done a podcast, either with you or one of my other late-in-the-day podcasts. Um, I do record the next track, my music podcast, mid-afternoon. Um, my co-host, Doug Adams, is in Boston, so that's only five hours away. And he likes to work in the morning, so that works. But it is. Uh, at the end of the day, for me, it's fatiguing. I can't imagine starting first thing in the morning because, although I guess I could, I'd sit down with a cup of tea afterwards and look out at the birds or something for a half hour. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but 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 sometimes at the after I've finished recording a podcast like this, I've got to go make dinner or, you know, there's something else going on. And yeah, it's a lot of work. But we're not complaining, right? No, no, not at all. I, I mean, in fact, I, I think that's kind of the testament to this. There's also been one, uh, I wouldn't call it like an overriding mantra, but something that helped me out very early on when I was just, I would over prepare and I would make these grand outlines that there's no way you could fit them into 30 minutes of a podcast. And at one point you said, look, we're just a couple guys in a pub talking about photography. And I know that that was just a quick mention on your part, but for some reason that has stuck with me. And so whenever I get anxious about a topic or I don't know if we're going to cover everything, I honestly, I literally repeat to myself, you know what? We're just a couple guys in a pub, and hopefully that has carried through. Yeah. One of the things, this is a big difference uh, between a podcast like this where we have occasional sponsors and a couple of podcasts I do that I'm paid to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a podcast for Intego, the Mac security company. Uh, we've just done 200 episodes. I'm paid for that. I've just started a podcast for Scrivener, which is an app for long-form writing. And I've just finished um, preparing the fourth episode for that. And when you're paid to do a podcast, it's different. You do have prep. You do have an outline. You have notes before you start. 
Right. Uh, occasionally, one of the Intego episodes is a sort of two guys in the pub, but not often. Whereas on my music podcast, the next track, I'm going to mention every single one of my podcasts in here to get them in the show notes. Well, actually, I, I, I was going to say, uh, you mentioned Scrivener. It seems like there's something else related to Scrivener that has your name on it that we yes, should probably throw out there. We should probably mention my book, Take Control of Scrivener, which I think I wrote the first edition 2013 or something like that. I've been using Scrivener since it came out in 2010. Yeah. Um, I wrote the first edition of the Take Control book around 2013. And so the Scrivener people hired me early this year to blog for them and to do a podcast. And the podcast has been really enjoyable. Um, I'm interviewing authors, talking about their books and talking about how they use Scrivener. And of course, there's a lot of prep. I've got to know who the authors are. I've got to read the books or at least read part of the books. I can't always read all the books, to sure. be honest. Yeah. Yeah, But I've got to talk 30 minutes and lead the authors through certain things. And, you know, there's a there's a rhythm, there's a structure, because it's in two parts with an ad read in the middle. Mm -hmm. So you, you have a, an arc of the first half, an arc of the second half. And it gets easier over time. But anytime I've started a new podcast like that, um, there's 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 a bit of stress getting used to it. There are definitely many different kinds of beasts in podcasting that I've also discovered. So. And that's very enjoyable. And not to mention all the technical problems we have. We can't connect with Skype. You've been having a problem with your microphone for the past two episodes, the same mic you've been using for 98 other episodes. I'm afraid I don't know what you're talking about. We never yeah. have uh, <laughs> any technical problems because by the time you hear this, those have been resolved yes. or um, – yeah. But, um, and, and then there can be problems with guests whose audio is not great, who have trouble connecting. Yeah. Um, sometimes the behind the scenes of um, scheduling guests can be really complicated. We've got one where there must be uh, 84 emails back and forth for one forthcoming guest. It's going to be a yeah. great guest and a repeat guest, as a matter of fact. Exactly. Well, you know what? That brings us to one of the things that I love about this podcast the most, and that is we've had some amazing people on. I mean, obviously, you and I, uh, we're both photographers, we write about this, we know a lot about this, but honestly, like, the opportunity to talk to some of the people that we've talked to has really been one of the highlights for me. Yeah, I did a quick count this morning. I'm not sure I'm totally precise, but I scrolled up and down on photoactive.co, which is the website. I think we had 36 different guests and 43 episodes with guests because we've had a number of repeat guests, a couple of them even three times. And the first thing I thought of looking at all the episodes is, wow, we've had such wonderful conversations with interesting people. Yes. Yeah. So are there any interesting people that you want to start with, or would you like me to start with some interesting people? Well, I'll start with one of my most interesting um, guest encounters that you didn't have is when I went to meet Michael Kenna um, in a town called Bosom on the south coast of the UK for an exhibit. Uh, it was it was fascinating to meet him. He's one of my favorite photographers. As a result, I have a few of his photos on my wall. Um, the audio wasn't too great because I was recording with a handheld recorder in the gallery, which is all hard walls. Um, mm -hmm. But it was really fascinating to meet him, to see the exhibit, to talk to him in front of the photos and all that. And we had him on a second time talking about his uh, book called Buddha. Um, and, and just getting to know a photographer a little bit better, uh, a photographer of that caliber was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I will say, you're right, the audio wasn't great. But that's one of those circumstances where after about you know, three minutes, 
your ear is attuned to it, and who cares what the audio sounds like because it was just a really interesting conversation. Um, and well, it, next it, time I'll know to do certain things to make the audio better. So yeah, yeah. If there yeah. is a next time in in these COVID times, we don't really go anyplace. But I, I would like to meet other photographers in galleries like that in the future. Yeah, yeah. Um, I should also say one of the things that I like is that. And again, I'm I'm totally bragging, but I guess because this is the hundredth episode, we can do that. How best to say this uh, without sounding rude? I have heard other podcasts and things where you have somebody on and they are like a big name, or you know they're they're notable for something. But what's the best way to say this? Uh, they're not really engaging, or they're not really interesting to talk to, and. I mean, you know, I'm really just gonna gonna boast here because I think our guests have been really interesting and really engaging and really, you know, active and brought up things that 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 stick with me. So, for example, one of our earliest guests was Gordon Lang, who uh, runs a site called Camera Labs, and part of it was just to hear him talk about uh you know cameras and and his experiences but one of the things that stuck with me and and actually has affected the way I I do photography is we we're talking about how your camera is a computer and it's doing so much and I I still mostly shoot in manual formats and that's just sort of a holdover from when I started learning digital photography. But he really pointed out the fact that, you know, your your camera is doing a lot of work and it can do a lot of work. And there's a sophisticated amount of circuitry and software that is there to help you. And if you're not using that, you're really just not getting the most out of your camera. And so that has really changed how I look at, say, perhaps my auto ISO settings, or if I'm in a circumstance where I'm really not sure what shutter speed I need to use because the light is falling, I can think, oh, you know what? <laughs> I've got a little computer here who will do the best. <laughs> Let's see what that does. And so that was a really good conversation that, that literally has, has changed the way I look at, at, at my own photography. I should also mention all of these links are going to be in our show notes. So make sure you go to photoactive.co and click on all these links and, and re-listen to the episodes. I think the most interesting early episode we had for me was Quinton Lake when he was talking about his 10,000-kilometer walk around the shoreline of the main island of Great Britain. Um, we caught him about a little more than halfway through, and then he came on later after he finished it. And just hearing someone with this sort of, I don't know, this is like the kind of project that you just don't think is realizable for normal people. And he's obviously not a normal person. He's, you know, he's used to <laughs> doing these long walks and he's in great physical shape and, and he's done long walks before, but not like this. And, and I thought the listening to him talk about his idea and his vision and his, you know, I'm going to do this. And I thought it's fascinating. Great photos as well. It's a kind of, we're lucky to meet people who are doing things like that, who are doing things original. And that's one thing I like in, in all the podcasts I do where I have guests. Um, I'm fortunate to 
um, find people who want to talk about things that they're not just promoting a book or a CD. They're talking about something interesting the way they've done it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and especially him having the commitment to do it because we talk a lot about finding a project or coming up with a project that can guide your photography, especially if you're in a rut, you're really not sure what you want to do. And in my mind, a project is, you know, maybe sort of mid-size in scope. Well, this is something that took him years and years to to fully accomplish. He didn't walk around all in one go. He, you know, had to do it in, in different bursts because, of course, he also has to earn a living and has a family and so the commitment to something on that scale, and I really enjoyed when we talked to him after the trip, talking about, you know, how has your photography changed in this time? Because obviously he took thousands and thousands of photos. And over that time, when you're that engaged, it's, it's going to change how you look at things. And his, his, his work is just remarkable. I, I love looking at it. Another of the most interesting for me was when I went to um, Bristol in the UK and had my portrait taken by Martin Parr. Um, wonderful experience. So he does this every year for the Martin Parr Foundation to raise money. And you get a professionally shot portrait. He takes 20 or 30 photos and you choose what you want and you buy prints and it's signed and it's an original Martin Parr. And you may not like his photography, you may like it, you know, but Seeing a professional at work like that was really quite interesting. Uh, it was a sort of, I, I was almost the last person of the day, so I didn't see the whole, I wouldn't say assembly line, but it was, you know, 20 minutes per person. And, and it was you move on to a table with the assistants and you're looking at Lightroom at the different photos. But it was really interesting to see, to talk to him for a while and to see how a professional shoots portraits like that, which in the end, it looks like there's nothing to it. <laughs> He's got the lights set up in a background and his camera's tethered to a computer and it's everything's set up. He's got assistance, but it's obviously the experience that means that he knows how to, it's more than pushing the shutter. It's getting the expressions on the faces of people by talking to them, asking them questions, getting them to move in different positions and all that. And that's what he does. He teases the portrait out of people. And that was very interesting to see. Yeah. That's one of the things about portrait photography is just that connection between the photographer and the subject. And especially in a situation like that, where he's dealing with a whole bunch of different people throughout the course of the day and, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of time with them. And I would imagine he just has that sense of, all right, I can make you comfortable. Let's do something fun. Let's do something playful. Let's get something original because he's coming across people who are super nervous or maybe they're, super excited and really know what they're doing. And you just know that there are people who don't know what they're doing. And that's one of the things that I admire about portrait photographers. And on the occasion when I've done some portrait photography, you do have that, that technical layer of lights and, and camera and all of that. But so much of it is just interacting with the person. And I think it's easy to forget that if you don't do it all the time. And I swear, every time there's a few minutes at the beginning where I have to switch my brain around to say, okay, I've got my technical stuff pretty much settled. Now let's engage and, and, and you know, draw out some sort of looks that aren't just 
hi, I'm going to stand here and give you my best Kmart portrait <laughs> smile. And then it looks fake. And you don't want that. I think I hear a cat wanting to get in because the door's closed. Okay. No, oh, I heard you. <laughs> what? I think we should leave that in too. <laughs> a little, a little pause. Wait, wait. There's a cat. <laughs> okay, I'll leave it in. Okay, you want to pick one now to talk about? So speaking of portrait photographers, one of the people that I really enjoyed talking to was Sandra Cohen. And she has a book called Crafting the Natural Light Look. And one of her focuses is a one-light approach to shooting. Uh, she shoots babies and portraits and families. And basically, she did a really good job of breaking down and demystifying a lot of the the flash photography endeavor. Because... And we haven't really talked too much about flash photography, and I think part of that is because I have some experience, but I'm not an expert. Uh, you haven't done a whole lot of flash photography, and so I do own a flash. You do own a flash. I'll figure we'll out how to use go. it one day. In fact, I'm taking <laughs> exactly. next week off from work. Maybe that's going to be one of my projects. Figure out how to use my flash. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it can be something that that is very intimidating. What I loved talking to her about was just how she does this, and I don't know, she, she had a great sense of conveying that, hey, this isn't rocket science, you still deal with the fundamentals, and this is absolutely accessible to anybody, but at least for me, there's always been that sense of, oh, geez, now I'm dealing with flashes and strobes and... There's a lot to it, and I think that scares people away. And you have to just jump right in, honestly. But it's not as scary waters as you think it will be. On top of that, she has a really engaging personality. And yes. the way she explained all of this was really you, – you just pay attention to someone like that. And Another episode a couple months later was Lisa Carney talking about professional retouching. It was very similar. Here's someone who's doing – actually, it was more than retouching because she does this compositing like these posters for films and all that. Um, mm -hmm. the, the way she was so passionate about explaining what she does really changed the way I look at that sort of photos. I'd always known that they were you know, not everyone in the photo was there at the same time, but learning about – how it works behind the scenes was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was going to bring her up next, but I will uh, pivot instead to we we did that one as sort of a two-parter. So the episode right before that was just you and I talking about uh, types of retouching and, and, and practical retouching. In fact, this is one of the episodes where there's video content for it just because you needed to see some of this stuff in action. So make sure you go to the website and, and click on the video for that. But what was nice was talking about sort of everyday photo retouching, like getting rid of spots in the sky and things like that, and then talking to Lisa about, okay, here's how things are at the absolute top level. And even though I'm not going to do that sort of compositing in any 
you know, sophisticated sense like that, I love being able to get a look into that world and see what's actually happening and, and what's involved. And even to the point where I, I loved when she was talking about like getting projects like that together. And, you know, with us, it's, I'm going to go shoot something or I'm going to go take a, a, a photo shoot of my, my sister's family. Right. And that's sort of a nice, easy few people involved. Well, in her world, she has art directors and she has editors and she has, you know, like this whole team of people working to create deliverables on a schedule. And that's not what we do. Well, that's the difference between being a professional and an amateur. Absolutely. That's the difference between blogging and being a journalist, right? Even though we both blog as right, well as right, journalists. Right, right, right. But there's, there's a question of, you know, an enlightened amateur versus a professional. So one of the things that I've loved is being able to get a look into those situations that we're not going to be involved in. Most of our listeners are not going to be involved in. But I love getting that peek behind the scenes into this is how it's done at this level. Even if I'm not going to be there, it's I still find it fascinating. One thing that has been interesting is through your work with DP Review, and I've written one article for DP Review recently, mm -hmm. we've had a number of DP Review people come on the show as guests. I'm going to quickly go through and try and mention everyone if I can. I'm trying to scroll <laughs> up the thing and find all the people. Um, one of the earliest ones was Wen May Hill, and she doesn't work for DP Review anymore. We had Rishi Sanyal talk about autofocus, and he just knows everything about everything that's technical. Yes. Um, it was really passionate to listen to that. Um, Dan Bracaglia, who just left DP Review, talked about product photography, and then he came back later to talk about film. Barney Britton talked about the future of the camera industry, talking about how sales had dropped and how things had, um, you know, everything had changed in the camera industry. Chris Nichols and Jordan Drake, who do DP Review TV, I think they call it. We had them each on separately, and so Chris was talking about basically the reviewing process and all that. And Jordan gave us this master class in shooting video, which I've already listened to the episode three times because there's so much to learn there that I did not know. I'd never shoot video with my you know, real camera. I just use my iPhone because it's easier. Um, that was just incredibly fascinating. That is one of my favorite episodes. And then we had sensors and megapixels with Richard Butler, who was really going into all this detail about these multi-layered sensors and why megapixels maybe don't matter. So we've been really well served by DP Review um, in just wonderfully intelligent people coming on the show. Yeah. I want to spotlight another wonderfully intelligent person who's come on the show, and that is Nick Bott of Gentleman Coders. Uh, he writes the program Raw Power that's available for Mac and, and iOS and iPadOS. And it's been great to talk about what Raw Power does, but Nick at one point led the photo development groups at Apple. He worked on Aperture and iPhoto and Photos. And so he knows this technology at a very, very deep level. So it's been wonderful to have him explain about some of the stuff that's going on underneath and just just get insight into really highly technical subjects. And what's also great about Nick and really about so many of these people we've had on, you can throw these complex technical questions at them and he breaks it down and makes it very easy to understand. So 
big shout out to to Nick, who's been a, a repeat guest. So if you think about it, you might think that we've set up this podcast so we can get a whole bunch of really interesting people teach us stuff for free. Uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been great to 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 hobnob with interesting photographers. Uh, we have learned a lot. I should also mention part of our access to these people has been through my my book publisher, Rocky Nook, because you know a, a lot of these people they have books that that have come out. And um, thanks to the good people at Rocky Nook, we've been able to connect with them and also do some book giveaways, which is is wonderful to do. As everyone who's ever written a book knows, they want to find any opportunity to promote the book. And podcasts are one of the ways these days um, that you promote books. Yeah. So Rocky Nook has been wonderful in connecting us with so many of these really interesting people. All right. I think we should stop here because we have praised everyone except ourselves. So I'm going to praise Jeff for being a wonderful co-host for 100 episodes, and may there be several hundred more. I'm even going to suggest we don't do any snapshots this week because it's way past cider o'clock, and I didn't think of anything for today's episode. <laughs> I have a snapshot written down in a spreadsheet that I forgot to open, so I think that's perfect. Let's, let's just uh, raise a glass and say, hey— uh, this has been a great start to Photoactive. Great start and lots more to come. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Photoactive. You can find show notes, including any photos we discuss in this episode at photoactive.co. That's photoactive.co. We couldn't afford the end. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash photoactivecast. That's Photoactive Cast in one word. You can subscribe to Photoactive in your favorite podcast app or on Apple Podcasts. See the links on our website. And think about leaving us a rating or review in iTunes or in your podcast app.